Hello and welcome to Immigrant Journeys. My name is Hamza Janaid and this is the show which shares the beautiful tales of people from around the world. I want you to look around you for a moment. Who do you see? Maybe you're on the underground or walking through a crowd of people. I want you to consider those faces for a moment and think, where have they been? Where have they come from? Because the chances are that they're close to a story more grand than you could imagine. This is Immigrant Journeys, episode two, with Gulid Afakama. Okay, we're rolling. Hello, yeah. Gulid. How's it going? Good, man. Good. <laughs> you are my first interview. Yeah, I feel Morgan really Jones. honored, bro. <laughs> you were actually you were one of the first people I sent the um, the what do you call it the the first episode the first two. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like actually you deserve to be the first interviewer, interviewee, interviewee as well. Um, yeah. Thank How you. Are you. Yeah. Good. Good. It's really warm today. <laughs> it's like it's the t- hottest day yeah. in Dutch history. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> you moved from Somalia for this. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was like, I need some uh, some more rain, but yeah. it's uh, it's recorded. I think at about thirty eight degrees. It's like the hottest it's ever been. But I think in the south of Netherlands, it's like forty one. Yeah. So so shit, man. Always, always <laughs> stay uh, thankful, right? Always stay grateful, yeah. Um, I suppose I will give you an introduction first. So what I know of you, and then you're going to tell me the real story. Um, But I always start off by kind of, well, the format that I've established, Gulid, as you will know, it's all about the format, Um, which is, uh, so Gulid and I actually worked together. And I met Gulid um, on my first day, and he told me that he was a PSV fan, which as a as a now Amsterdamer, was like, oh shit, I'm not gonna like this guy. But then he was like, I'm also an Arsenal fan. And I'm also from North London, so I thought, well, okay, now we, now we can be friends. Um, I also recognized that Gulid was uh, a social media influencer. So he's one of the co-founders of Travel Community on Instagram. Also a co-founder of This World Still Rocks. He's also a young lion. So if you don't know what a young lion is, it's one of the initiatives that uh, WPP has, which is a media agency, where it sends essentially the most talented people under the age of 30 to Cannes, Cannes Lions. And Gulid is one of them. So that's my introduction of you. He's also, he's, a, he's, he's quite a funny guy and I thought I'd have him on here. Um, but I don't know if you remember, it was one of the first conversations we had. I think it was maybe my third week um, working at Mindshare and I we were sat in the car and we were talking about we were talking about this we were talking about like like immigrant journeys and what that feels like and you kind of you spoke a little bit about like why we clicked and why we became friends I think in that moment yeah. um, and maybe some of those things we can talk about in more detail um, but for me as well I just wanted to say on a personal level you know I came to the Netherlands with no friends and I met you and you've been the most accommodating guy, so that's why you get to be the first. You get to be the first one, man. Yeah, thanks, bro. Okay, I can see a tear in your eyes, so don't don't cry, man. Come on, I know it's okay. been a rough day. Colin <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I ran from a meeting today. Yeah, I'm glad that it's a podcast, so you don't see me crying. Yeah, but he's crying right now. It touched me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really mean that, and I think you gave me some really good advice recently, which was um, we were talking about people. Um, 
there were some things going on at work and there were some things going on personally and you basically said if those if those people can't be around during the good times how bad would it be during the bad times and it really helped me and so uh yeah man yeah, yeah. also if you pro- if you haven't recognized already gulid is uh yeah he's he's i thought he was an immigrant until today he says i'm not i'm a refugee damn son damn so son. You, so you achieved all of that and you have an amazing backstory half of which i don't even know about so gulid let's Tell find us, out start us let's man find out. so start off so you so you're you live in amsterdam now yeah but this that story is kind of recent tell yeah. me um just th- three years now yeah um so my story begins in uh, a small nomadic village uh somewhere in somaliland i don't know it, it the name was gorelale which sounds really funny gorelale yeah that sounds funny and yeah there was like this family of 10 people okay 10 families uh that just uh, go from place to place in search of water and food and they had a lot of goats. That's the only thing I remember. Um, the sand was really uh, red. Um, and yeah, in, in Holland, if it rains, everybody starts complaining. There, everybody hopes that it, uh, that it starts raining. And um, yeah, it's like, you see, I feel very grateful that I grew up with like two perspectives on life. So the one from where I came from and the one where I grow up now. And it's just sometimes funny how the grass is always greener on the other side for people. Yeah. And we talk about the grass a lot. We always talk about grass, yeah. And yeah, and I always say like the grass is greener where you water it. Yeah, that's true. So to continue my story, I grew up like in uh, Golalele, which is really in the middle of nowhere. And that was because of the war. We had to flee our home uh, from the city called Boro um, and go to Golalele. We lived there for three years mm-hmm. and then and get back to the, um, uh, to the city again. Yeah. Um, and after one year, it, it got really like maybe there was war coming again. Yeah. So we had to flee to uh, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and luckily my father already fled uh, like uh, four years before us. Mm-hmm. And so he was, uh, he was living uh, here and we didn't have to go to a camp or something. So we could just stay with him. Yeah. Uh, and this was in this place called Wochlem, which is the, I don't know, like the opposite uh of where i grew up with yeah and yeah the fun thing was we are we were the only uh yeah dark african family yeah uh, you can say black you're the only black people in Bochum at the time yeah right and um yeah you know black lives matter so uh, so <laughs> So good, are you telling me that you started Black Lives Matter in Wochenum? Okay, no, in ni- no. In I, I need to be honest. I need to be honest. <laughs> All right, be honest, man. Okay, so uh, yeah, we were there, and I think this is a really beautiful story. So one of the first thing, first words I learned was 
can I join you to play football? You have this. You have this word in uh, Dutch. It's like meedoen. Meedoen. Yeah. So yeah. can I can I play with you guys? Uh-huh. And there were and there were always these uh, guys playing at this uh, park. Um, and yeah, I really yeah I really want to get going, but it was I didn't know the language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up with Somalian and Arabic. Yeah. And Dutch is the opposite of it. So it's like, <laughs> I, I, the only thing I heard was, <laughs> and I always, and I remember that I always told my father, how am, go, how am I going to learn this? this? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, because I was always curious yeah. and um, yeah, want to join in and yeah, be there and connect with people. Um, I I think I learned quite fast. Like in two years, I could really probably speak uh, Dutch, mm-hmm. and um, and that was because of the people there. Because there were there wasn't any other uh, African family or Somalian family there, uh, so you had to learn the Dutch to uh, integrate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that was the. F- things I remember from Wochenham and it's really a good and fun community. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then after uh, after graduating from high school, I went to uh, do a commercial, uh, um, like Bachelor of Economics. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, did you, where did you study? Uh, in, in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, nice, yeah. Uh, and I had to travel like one and a half hour mm-hmm. for four years. Yeah. So after I graduated, I thought, um, no, I'm not going to do something in Amsterdam. So uh, I started working at Stimple, which is uh, uh, like a bookstore, uh, and they didn't have any e-commerce or web shop or something. So my my job was to set that up and, and get them more profit. And I did that uh, two years, yeah. and then I was like, no, I need to travel, I need to see the world. The only thing I, I had seen at that point was Somalia, Netherlands, and uh, one city from Belgium, which is uh, still the Netherlands. Really? So I was like, yeah, I need to travel, I need more perspective on life, and uh, yeah, just see more places in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I started uh, traveling through uh, Southeast Asia. I started in Dubai, went to... Hang on, so so Somalia, Netherlands, the border of, and then you go. the first place you go to is Dubai. Yeah. Dude, you're fucking bowling at this stage. You realize... <laughs> yeah. You realize how... Yeah, things are going well for Gulid at this stage. <laughs> yeah. No, so, so, what, so hang on, so what drew you to actually... What, what drew you to say, okay, I want to go to Southeast Asia? Was it, was it? No, so in the meantime, like one year before I, uh, I went on, uh, I went on traveling. Yeah. I met this girl, Rose, mm-hmm. w- which is still uh, my wife now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was always talking about Asia and showing me pictures how beautiful it is there. Yeah. Um, and 
what is weird is I didn't have the urge to go to Somalia at that time mm-hmm. because I just finished school and how old were you at this stage? You're um, in your twenties, right? Yeah, twenty-three, I think. Yeah. And so I never went to on, vac- on holiday in a summer vacation yeah. because I did just jobs to pay for my own uh, school. Yeah. Um, and now yeah, I was fine. I had I got finally money to go where I wanted. Um, and so yeah, I was like, okay, Asia. I want to see more of it. And she always talk about Bali. Um, and it's like now five years ago almost or six years. So that was the first. First trip the first, took, yeah, so the first trip I took. Southeast Asia. Yeah. Now, yeah, so now, so now you've actually done some traveling. You've left Somalia. You've settled in the Netherlands. You've learnt a different language. And now you decide, okay, that's not enough. I'm going to go and travel. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, we talked about this last year. And I have the same as you have, like the yeah. urge to go somewhere where I'm not yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and that's always... That has always been because I'm also a daydreamer and yeah, just always wondering what what it's about, like mm-hmm. on the other side of the world and yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why I want to travel and I instantly got, uh, I fell in love with it and started this world Xerox and travel community. Mm-hmm. Um, and this world Xerox to document my own travels yeah. and travel community to connect a lot of people because I think that's one thing I'm really good at is connecting people. Yeah. Um, because I'm also a middle child, which we yeah, middle children are the best. Yeah. Just if yeah. no just, one, just saying, no one just saying already, middle children are the best. We're the most versatile, <laughs> most adapted. Yeah. We can talk to anyone. We 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 run the show basically. Exactly. We can talk to so, people who are more intimidating. Charles Darwin, man. Charles motherfucking Darwin. Yeah. He was Adept. Somalian as well, right? Yeah. Charles I, Darwin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was from Somaliland. Okay, so I want to I want to backtrack slightly. So, you you told me a story once from when you were nine years old. Okay, so this is when you were in Somalia. You left when you were ten, correct? Yeah. Okay. Please, can you tell the story of when you were a goat herder? Okay, I was. So when you turned six, you sorry, just to stop you there. What was the name of the place again? Golalali. Golalali. Yeah. Okay, Golalali. Nine years old. Six years. Six years old. Shit. Okay. Six years old. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you had you had the you had the responsibility of looking after all these goats. Yeah. Fourteen goats. Fourteen goats. Six yeah. Year old. And Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo was one of them. <laughs> no. Oh so, <laughs> no. Uh, so six years old, and then. Then you can uh, go uh, do some goat herding. I, but why is it six years old? Why is that? Why is that? The yeah, you, ca- you become a man at six years old in so Somalia. In <laughs> <laughs> it's not 18, so it's six <laughs> years old. <laughs> so in Europe, it's 18, in America, it's 21, and in Somalia, it's, it's six. six. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, so you're six years old, you have 14 goats, one of them is Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, the first time you don't go alone, so yeah. uh, I joined. Um, I joined w- uh, one of my neighbors. She was like nine years old. Yeah, uh, two of them, uh, nine and eight years old, and I went with them, just chilled the whole day with the goats, um, and then when it started getting dark, they want to go back, and they like said okay we are going this way and i was like no no it's the other way 
um, and she, they were like, no, we have to go this way because this is the place where we need to go. But I was stubborn and I was like, no, I'm going this way. So I, um, I, I left with my 14 goats alone, six years old, really proud that I did know it and they didn't know it because they were stupid uh, and stuff. Oh no. And after, after like walking for 10 minutes and I still hear them screaming and, they, and their voice fade away in the background and... Who's they? Are they your family? Are they no, they neighbor, just people just a, no, just, ne- just neighbors. Yeah. Let's say, um, so in Somali, everybody's your uncle or your... Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same in, that's the same in our culture. Well, yeah. like sunny South Asian culture. So she, they're two nieces of mine. <laughs> two nieces of yours? You're yeah. Six, oh my God, you're six years old and you have nieces. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. And I was yeah. like, okay, <clears throat> no, I'm... Uh, I'm going alone, so I went, I left them, and um, suddenly I didn't know where I was. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not something I remember, and I didn't know where I was, so I was basically lost. And how much time has passed since you said, no, I'm going the right way, you're going the wrong way? I think 20 minutes. Okay, 20 minutes. Six years years old, 14 goats. Yeah. Your nieces have said, hey, can you please not go this way? And you're like, what do you know, nieces? Yeah, I know better Mom, because I was old. so sure. I was so sure. Damn. And I'm, so that's one of my, yeah, things that I'm stubborn. So yeah. I think if I think I'm right, I'm just going all the way. Right. And so, what, so 20 minutes pass and you realize, oh, actually, maybe I'm not in the right place. Yeah. So I thought the first thing you think as a kid would be go back to them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to go back to them and say, guys, you were right. So I was like, no, okay, I will find out myself. So I just <laughs> go with the flow and it got really dark. Yeah. And I was, and I know I, I was thinking, okay, this is my dad because I, there are a lot of hyenas there. Hyenas. Hyenas, hyenas, hyenas. And um, so you hear their uh, howl, like, how do you say that? like. I don't know. I don't know which sounds they make, but you hear like, <laughs> and I was like, exactly. Fuck. Did I get? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, no. And <laughs> so I started looking around me, and I saw this uh, little road made by a, like the like a camel, mm-hmm. um, and it was like right of or left. Yeah, which which one did you choose? And we always choose right because yeah. right's always good in the yeah. Muslim, uh, Muslim culture. culture. Yeah, yeah. So I went right. Yeah. <laughs> thank God. And I was, <laughs> yeah, I was walking, and it was really hot. Like it's this weather, but then there, in the and desert. I didn't, ha- and I didn't have any water or something. So. And how much time has passed at this stage? I think it was like one and a half. I think roughly two hours later. Jesus. Uh, and it got already dark. So when I was walking, it got dark. And there are a lot of snakes. There, everything is there, bro. You, so hyenas, I, snakes, hyenas, six years snakes. old, 14 goats. So basically, you've 14 got, goats. You're, like, you're like, you know when you go fishing, right? You put the bait on the hook and then you throw it in. Yeah. So it's literally you, this delicious six-year-old Somalian boy, 14 goats. Yeah. And there's hyenas and snakes waiting to be fed and you yeah. don't have any water and they're thinking hey jackpot i'm yeah. about to eat a somalian and 14 goats exactly so one thing i forgot um 
I thought, well, searching for a road, I thought I leave the goats there and I'm going to, because then I'm faster, I can check out where I need to go and then come to them and get them. Yeah. And one thing my grandma told me, if you get lost, stay with the goats because they know their way yeah. back because yeah. they know where they, of course. Uh, yeah. Stubborn as fuck. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, let's see for a road because they were just sitting there and I was like, nope, this is not gonna, going yeah. to happen. So I, w I searched for a road, didn't find anything, came back, what do you think? Goat's gone. And I was like, fuck. And I knew that they were going home safe and I wasn't with them. So I was like, I thought of that moment, okay, so this is how I'm dying. Oh so I God. came back, searched, and found the camel uh, <laughs> like uh, way. And so I followed it. Yeah. And after following it, like I think for it felt like a day, but I think it's like one hour later. Um, I heard my grandma's yelling, "Guleta, Guleta!" And I was so happy to hear that. But at the first, I couldn't believe it. So I was like just walking and almost failing. Uh, and I hit one more time. And with the last energy I got, I sprinted to that way. And before I got to her, I uh, passed away. No, passed away. Passed out. Uh, like passed fainted, out. Fainted. Yeah, fainted. Yeah. Um, and then the following yeah, the moment, I wake up and I'm at home. Mm -hmm. And my grandma said, and I got beaten also. Yeah, I was gonna ask. I was like, God damn, I almost I died and I get yeah, beaten. Yeah. yeah, that's because you Did didn't you listen to me. How soon after you got back did they beat you? When I woke up. Oh when no, when I woke the same night. No, no resting, bro. When he wakes up, we're gonna <laughs> kill that motherfucker. <laughs> Shit, man, okay, they got you, they got you. Yeah, nice. so. Good, when, you deserved it, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the second time, um, almost the same story. Yeah. But I was I was eight, I think, and I was alone. Mm -hmm. And a guy of mine uh, of my village told me there was this really uh, sweet uh, bananas somewhere. And if you like, there's no Google Maps there, <laughs> so he was like, "Yeah, it's there when you cross the." Um, yeah, when you cross the force, then you get there and go there. And I was like, okay. So I did that. And he was like, you have to walk for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now maybe he walked very slow or fast, I don't know. But I walked for 20 minutes, thought I was at the right place. Yeah. Couldn't find it. Yeah. And I was lost again. Oh my God. And I was like, kin in the kill. Ah, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, no. Yeah. So, 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 so did, did you get beaten at the end of this story as well? <laughs> is this basically just a beating chronicle? Yeah, this, maybe. There's this therapy maybe. for you. No, it's just like a, no, so, hello, so when I was seven, <laughs> I was beaten again. No, I got beaten a lot because I was just stubborn. and. Yeah, you did your own thing. Yeah, I did yeah. my own thing. Um, and this time it was... So this time I was really like two years later and I was the real man at eight. Mm -hmm. So I, cli I climbed a tree mm -hmm. to look for um, 
yeah, to look for the way to go. Um, and while I was in the tree looking, there was this snake crawling to me. And I couldn't jump because it was way too high. And normally everything in the village knows what to do with a snake. I never listened to them because I was always afraid of snakes. I was like, nope, if, if I see one, I'm not going to pick up or uh, hit his head or something. I'm ch yeah. going to run, but oh I couldn't god. run now. Oh my god. And you don't have like, I was on bare f feet there, so I couldn't step on with my shoe or something. So he started growling. And the only wait, 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 wait. The snake starts growling. Yeah. Snakes don't growl. What are you okay. talking about? I, 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 <laughs> how, how do you say that? Hang on, what sound does the hyena make? I, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, 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 I get what you mean. The snake was hissing at you. You yeah, didn't hissing. have shoes on okay. and you're thinking, oh shit. I'm gonna get yeah. killed. No, like not hissing, but moving to me, towards okay, me. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so I was like, no, shit, what to do? And the only thing I could think of is scream. Right. <laughs> like a little girl. <laughs> but you were a child, so yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And it worked. <laughs> so the <laughs> And the snake was like, fuck this. I'm no, not the getting involved with this at Like Somalian girl. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> let's go. Now he chomped like on on a, another tree or something yeah and he was away and i was like so oh shit fuck so yeah fast forward i find a way almost the same like looking for uh, where camels walk mm -hmm. and then choose right mm -hmm. and it worked two times oh so always God. choose right always choose right okay yeah. amazing so yeah there was this but hang on so, so the, the beginning of this story was that someone had told you that there was some really sweet delicious bananas somewhere never found never found it's it. a fucking lie no it was clickbait. no this it was Somalian <laughs> clickbait back Somalian then. clickbait <laughs> he hates me <laughs> no um, no so the following day mm -hmm. I went with him mm -hmm. um, because my brother had to go with the goats so it wasn't my, it was my turn, it yeah. was my day yeah, off, day off yeah. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this was the nightclub. You were like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going out. Yeah, tonight. let's go out. Let's find <laughs> some it's, uh, it's no delicious bananas. <laughs> I suppose it's no different to going out these days where there are just snakes out there. And he ain't us. It's either weird people making noises or snakes who are going to yeah. bite you. Who knows? Okay, fair enough. So there's a metaphor there. Maybe we should start yeah. another another uh, uh, one. It's like uh, uh, Somalian stories. Somalian and stories. Snake, and the snake charming. Yeah. Maybe that's like a maybe that's like a dating advice show that we should start. Yeah, let's go. We should actually we should and do watch out for the hyenas. <laughs> watch out for hyenas. Hyenas. I have a friend actually. This is a tangent. I have a friend who also um, is also from an immigrant background, but he um, he has this analogy around the five types of women. Yeah. And each of them, uh, each each animal represents a different type of woman. I'll let him explain it, but it's it's really interesting. Anyway, okay. we should we should do a dating um, podcast as well. I think that'd be quite fun. Um, okay, so. You so you didn't find the bananas. Nope. You have come in contact with hyenas, with Snake. snakes. You've looked after goats. Yeah. And so, what I'm trying to get at is, you lived a full life before you decided to move. Well, you yeah. didn't decide. There but it's really circumstances that led you to living in the Netherlands, right? Yeah. And but so I know this is going to sound ignorant of me, but I'm going to ask point blank. So did you? Was it? Did you fly over? Did you come by coach? Like, how did it work? Like, what logistics? I came with the Somalian pirates that were oh, going no. to the Netherlands. No, <laughs> no, no um, we just uh, pirates of the yeah, Caribbean. we just flew. And 
Yeah. Just we we uh, first had to go to Atopia with the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to know. So that's yeah. what I want to know. So so you got the coach. You got a bus from Somaliland. Yeah. To Ethiopia, and then from Ethiopia you flew to the Netherlands. Yeah. Now we had to wait for six months for a passport. In in Ethiopia. So we lived there six months. So you lived in a refugee camp. No, no, like no. We lived like with big family, so we lived right, with right. another family. Okay, 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 got you. And um, yeah, I think that was for me that was harder than living in Somalia because yeah. Somalia and Ethiopia were always like, yeah, just war songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you, we always fight with the Ethiopian guys mm-hmm. because. At that moment, it mattered to me that I was Somali right. from Somalia right. and he was from Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it doesn't make any sense that we, like... Your neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, it, not even neighbors. It's like, there's like this imaginary, uh, uh, how do you say border. Imaginary yeah. border. Yeah. And then we are another country. Right. So th- I talk it's about so this a little bit as well, which is like India and Pakistan, literally in our recent history, we were the f- same fucking people. Yeah. But everyone wants to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're Pakistani, we're different. Yeah. You know, we support this cricket team. We eat food with meat. <laughs> you know, we 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 we, we um, believe in this religion. And then Indians will be like, no, 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 no. We are like this. We like this religion. We like this kind of food. We're vegetarians. Yeah. We look after, like, it, there's, there's lots of different things around that. But pre-British Empire, yeah. it's the same it's the same people. Yeah. Right? And it's so it's so weird because uh, But you know what's interesting? I think as I when I was growing up as well, I also well, I held two things. One was I'm a Londoner, like I'm I'm yeah. from London, like I definitely felt that way. And I also felt like a little bit like I'm Pakistani and everyone who's Indian, leave me alone, like we're the best, that kind of thing. Yeah. But as I get older and as you realize like the history behind it, you recognize how silly those things are and how arbitrary those like walls that you build up for yeah, like yeah. people who, it doesn't who make look sense. like you, sound like you, like have so many similarities yeah. in terms of everything that you go through. And yet you neglect the fact that they have more in common than the pers- than the people that you live with. Like, yeah. especially in the UK, there's, you know, there's lots of um, uh, South Asians, there's lots of Indians, lots of Pakistanis, and, and we grow up together and we have lots of jokes, but then there comes this point where there's a barrier that goes up, which I find really odd. Yeah. Like a lot of my friends growing up, the, some of the best friends that I ever had, um, have been um, Indians, right? My best friend to this day, one of them, he is Indian. So, like, I don't know where that comes from. Anyway, yeah, Ethiopia. You've been there for six months. You're waiting for a passport. So, passport-wise, is this is this waiting for a Somalian passport? Is this waiting no, for, for for a international Dutch, document? Yeah, no, for a Dutch, Dutch passport. Okay. Uh, and how does that work? So, why did why a Dutch passport? Why was that the specific one? Because. Um, at that time, the, there wasn't any government at in Somalia because there was just war and mm-hmm. it was like wild, wild west there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my father or, already was there for four years. So your dad had already moved to the Netherlands? Yeah, because okay. he, he How had did to... that happen? Uh, so uh, you have three big tribes in Somalia. Mm-hmm. Um, I know two, Habachalo and Habayonis. Nice. And then you got one more. Which one are you? And uh, from my mother's uh, side of the family, mm-hmm. I'm Habir Chalo mm-hmm. because my 
uh, uncle, uh, my uh, grandmother was the head of the tribe. Mm-hmm. And other, on the other side, I'm Habayonis, and my other grandpa was, and that's how my father and mother met, because he was also the head of the Habayonis tribe. Mm-hmm. So, and my father and my mother are just the children of the uh, tribe head. Can you say it like that? Yeah, tribe head. Yeah. Um, and that's how they marry. And uh, after that, um, they are also one who started the uh, revolution, how they call that, because Somaliland wants to be their own country. It's like Catalonia, España. Right. Um, and Somalia, Somalia didn't want to uh, want them to become their own uh, country because it meant they would shrink and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so war happened, and um, eventually Somaliland won at, in uh, at 14 May 1991. Somalia told Somaliland, okay, you are independent now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my father knew it already and I was born at 9 May of 1991. That's the, my, my name is Gulet, like mm-hmm. Victor from uh-huh. Victory. So they already know they had won the war. Yeah. Um, and like seven years later, there was still this uh, tension between Somalia and Somaliland, mm-hmm. and they Somaliland started searching for the like a tribe head who uh, started the whole revolution, yeah, uh, just for revenge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my father was just the uh, the next one in line to become a tribe head, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so they wanted him also. Right. So that's why that's the moment that he fled, and it was like nineteen ninety seven. So how wh- how did he decide on Holland and the Netherlands? Like how did that decision come about, or was it literally just I'm going to flee? No, he had to flee, yeah. and he had a brother who was already in Germany. Yeah. So first, because of him, he could uh, fly to Germany, mm-hmm. and from Germany. Uh, he couldn't get their passport because they were they were more they were more strict, strict and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So he went to uh, and the Netherlands with a train pass. I don't know. Right. Um, and then just uh, gave himself as a war refugee. Yeah. Uh, and he was there. I think like half year or one year in a camp. Yeah. And then got to work there and. Uh, yeah, after four years, we he wanted his family also with him. Of course. So you have this thing in Holland where you can get your family uh, to live with you. Of course, yeah. Um, and so we had to wait like six months because they uh, needed to make sure that we were his, uh, yeah, his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so after that, we uh, we could also uh, fly there, and. Um, yeah, that was the story. How we yeah, uh, amazing. So, so now you, so wow. So origin story. I had no idea that first. Well, until today, I had no idea that you were a, a refugee. Like I thought, I thought legit it was like an immigrant 
journey. Maybe this isn't the right podcast for you. Maybe no. I should start another one called Refugee <laughs> and I'll interview you again. Um, yeah. So, okay, so again, you've but lived in, a life in some kind of way. I'm also an immigrant because I'm right. leaving. No, of course. One country to another no, country. No, I know. I think, well, I think, I think um, we have to preface this by saying there is a difference between refugees and immigrants. Like one is, one is fleeing from yeah, well, absolute One chaos. is a choice. In right. And, and the other one is, no, well, I don't want to say it's always a choice, but I think it's sometimes it's uh, you're seeking, seeking a, a better life because you can see opportunity. Um, I don't think, like, for instance, I don't think my parents, for instance, if they, well, my dad specifically, I think he would have preferred to have lived in in Pakistan had things been if it had had a structure been in place where he could have thrived in that environment. Yeah. And I think even to this day bless him he's 60 years old and he still hasn't found his feet. Um in my opinion I think he feel, he he feels a lot of frustration because he's like there's a barrier in terms of language there's a barrier in terms of cultural outlook yeah. and I still think he feels um you know like he could have done more. And I, you know, have to reassure him that he's done a great job, and that things are going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to like kind of mention that the, refu the refugee, okay. the refugee versus immigrant difference. But yes, I agree. You have obviously we, that's why we I think get on is because we both have that um, background, which is kind of immigrant, but also um, like there's also like a Muslim cultural thing, which we both understand. Yeah. Um, But so the the traveling thing is actually one thing I wanted to talk about. So that obviously came about after you finished um, university yeah. and you traveled around. And how do you think your outlook on when you travel to other places, how do you think that's changed as a result of you? Uh, or, or how do you think you look at the world as a result of having the type of upbringing that you did? Because you grew up speaking one language, living in a certain place, and then you moved to seemingly one of the richest countries in the world or one of the, you know, highest grossing economies in the world yeah. you learn a new language plus you learn English so now you can speak four languages and now when you travel around do you still feel this sense of because we've we spoke about this as well like being the other or being the outsider yeah so I think that's something I've always felt like the, being yeah. the outsider and okay. um, why is that uh, because If I if I if I go back to Somalia, I'm the white uh, immigrant or also the outside. So mm -hmm. I'm not a real Somalian. So the jokes right. are all about this white guy doesn't uh, know anything about life and stuff. Right. But when I'm here, I'm always Somalian. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And um, like in. From in my uh, like at university and at high school and stuff, that, that's something I struggled with because mm -hmm. I always want to fit in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like the past three years, um, and because of the traveling, mm -hmm. I see how um, what kind of superpower that is to be yeah. different because I yeah. never need to try to be different than someone else mm -hmm. and. With social media, everybody wants to be different. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in media, uh, luckily my chair is really uh, a diverse uh, uh, media agency. But if you look at our uh, industry, it's all white. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't matter, but it means that we are always different. Mm -hmm. 
um, and everybody wants to be seen and stuff and yeah I'm always I'm always there yeah, right I so I, so I think first of all we should say this isn't this podcast isn't in any way like sponsored by Mindshare but we both work at a media agency um, but I think one like you know I gave you some notes to think about like okay you know how does it feel to have moved from one place etc and I you know I asked you what's your superpower and the thing about being different I think which which you've always um, I've seen in in our work environment is you're not afraid I, I feel like you you have very little fear as a result of your upbringing would you say that's fair or like yeah I, yeah I feel I, like you're just willing to be yourself like that's yeah the be- that's and that's one thing I try and do as well but I try I kind of like get inspired from when you're just all right this is how we're going to build the plan this is how we're going to do things we're going to yeah. do things differently I like that I like when when we think in that way yeah you think in that way yeah no, exactly because um I've always talked also with uh, elder people, like mm-hmm. like 70, 80 and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they always start there. If you tell, think about, is there something, uh, what do you enjoy the most in your life? Or mm-hmm. th- that kind of questions. They always start with, I wish I had mo- did more. Or this, this, and this, this, yeah, this. And I had, yeah, I had did what I wanted and just be what we, who I want to be. And it's, it's that independence thing, isn't it? Because yeah. I think um, I I do find that, especially when you come from uh, immigrant backgrounds, it's a bit about, it's it's a lot about like collectivism and like, yeah. like what are you doing to help the family? What are you doing to help your yeah. community? This is going to represent us. Yeah. We have the, um, there's the famous uh, Hassan Minhaj, um, um, what's it called? It's called Homecoming King, where he talks about his dad, um, and like after after they experience um, uh, like like a, a racial hate crime taking place in their in their driveway, his dad goes up to sweep up the glass that's been smashed from the back of his car, and he says, "Look, ya Like, what are, what are people going to say about this? Right? That people are gonna people are gonna blame us for X Y Z? Right? People are gonna people are gonna see our community in this way? Yeah. And I think that's a very um, it's a very like prevalent thing to realize. Uh, and I think we maybe take it for granted until we get slightly older and we're like, actually, independence is a good thing. Um, and I think uh, yeah, not to feel guilty for feeling independent. I struggle with that a lot. I, I struggle with feeling quite guilty about um, making certain decisions to, to change my life. Yeah. Because um, it feels selfish sometimes. And, and obviously yeah, but I still, so I still feel that way towards my parents or towards my community. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that there was always this community feeling yeah. uh, because I, the other thing with uh, like that the, for example the Dutch culture it's always about themselves mm-hmm. and um, I think the part of why I'm so successful and uh, will thrive even more is mm-hmm. because I, I never do uh, does it for myself it's right. not it's never about me mm-hmm. The first focus of mine is now to just, you can't repay your parents, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. say that, but to, um, yeah, to, they have a lot of stress and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I still feel like uh, that they want to go back to Somalia mm-hmm. uh, and miss their family and yeah. is, are still homesick after 17 years. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about. So when I met you, you had just come back from Somalia. Yeah. After so visiting after seventeen years. Yeah. yeah. So how did that feel when you went back? 
And obviously, you just mentioned, you know, part of it is like, oh, he's not Somalian, he doesn't know what it feels no, like. No, no, but that, that, that doesn't matter because yeah. there was just the, like, the reaction. Just yeah. the first reaction. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't, that doesn't matter for me. Mm-hmm. It was okay. I was like, yes, I'm different. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> no, no. Um, I really felt at home. Because mm-hmm. I was 70 years away. Mm-hmm. I was 10 when I left. So, yeah. like, my whole life I have been in Holland. And yeah. Somalia was always this weird dream I once had or something. Yeah. And when I came back, everything... I remembered so much about how it was then and uh, just the warm community feeling. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always talking there and uh, if, so they don't have any uh, life insurance there. So if, ev- if something happens to a child, mm-hmm. then the whole community collects money right. and just fix, fix it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of community, that's, what I'm really missing in Holland, mm-hmm. because it's always about uh, someone own gold, a bigger house, a bigger, uh, a, a cooler car, or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they are just happy with what they have. Yeah, they live in. They they they, are, they just have water now, luckily, um, and um, and food and a roof behind. Uh, uh, under under there or mm-hmm. um, yeah just a house and stuff so yeah. they are happy they are more happy than us here and we are always on planning we are we are so planning our life here that we forget to live so yeah. it is always like okay um, if I save this more uh, this much money I can go there yeah. or we're always looking at something else yeah something next yeah exactly yeah and so that's, that's actually something quite interesting. So since I've lived here, I do find that I'm, I'm planning less as well. And I feel yeah, like there is more, more grateful. Laid, but yeah, no, of course, I'm way yeah. more grateful. But I also find that there's a, there's a more laid back culture here, which is helping me to recognize actually all the things that we're building up around us are kind of silly. Like, like you said, like save money for this and then you'll be able to do that, right? Or be yeah. able to buy this. And I'm, le- I'm recognizing, okay, well, saving, saving for things like trips, I think are really important. Like me and my yeah. brother are thinking of going to Japan next year, which I think will be really fun. But I think, you know, also part of that is, um, yeah, like you said, like recognizing you don't need, you can't, you can't plan too much because you'll miss out on whatever life has to offer. You know, yeah. whether that's wandering with 14 goats and uh, <laughs> meeting some hyenas yeah. and almost um, experiencing that. Um, what I wanted to ask, and I know, you know, we've only got kind of five minutes left, is when you, that first day when you arrived in Wochenum, what piece of advice do you wish you would have now be able to give yourself? Like, what would you say, hey, Gulid, so this is what you need to do, or this is the piece of advice I would give you in this situation? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, it's immigrant journeys, baby. They're never easy. Journey. No. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's so cheesy, but just yeah, be happy as you are. So I was always happy and grateful because I knew how it was back there. Yeah. yeah. But I always tried to fit in. 
and in some way it, that was positive because I could learn the language faster and uh, yeah just learn all the things I need mm -hmm. but in the other way it was always like living for someone else or uh, yeah. how how people think of you and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, so at this moment so I was really happy because I I gamed a lot, I played a lot, football, whatever. Yeah. So at this moment, I was like, oh, damn, if I started at that age with, I don't know, uh, shooting movies or something else, mm -hmm. then I can I could profit of it now. Right. But in the past year, I, I know there you can die every day and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But we are so on a high-paced life like we every everybody is just feeling like they are dying tomorrow and it's maybe for some people it's good but for a lot of people they they get burnout or depression yeah. or that kind yeah. of stuff and nobody wants to build anything anymore so with Treff community i've been doing it three years mm -hmm. and i'm i'm on marathon so i don't yeah. it doesn't have to blow up in one two three four yeah. years yeah i know eventually it will blow up yeah but it doesn't have to I mean, like, not to flex for you, but it's got like 80,000 followers. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> it's still not like I don't do anything with it. Yeah. Like, no, in no, the I know. Commercial. You never do anything it's commercial. Like, it's, just, it's just like building a community. Yeah. It's cool pictures. People send you stuff. Exactly. Cool. So, but I get what you mean. So it's like this idea like, life is, life is, um, life can kind of be taken from you at any moment yeah. in, the, in the mindset exactly. of someone who and everybody's sprinting else. right but here it's like the way I, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was sleeping this is going to sound really silly but yeah. in, in when we think about back home or the idea of back home there's like the back home idea so if, if like let's say you grow up in Somalia or you grow up in Pakistan there's this feeling if you, if you get physical illnesses there but growing up in the West, you get mental illnesses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So either way, you're totally. going to be sick. Exactly. Just, just accept just, it. No, just... But also, I know I'm joking. I'm kind of joking about it. But it's like um, just recognizing like the things that we put on ourselves versus the things that are inflicted on us. Yeah. And just considering, you know, how to move on from from those things and not um, not get so bogged down in whatever. I know exactly. it's hard to, harder to say, for instance, if you grew up in an environment where you get physical ailments. It's hard, it's hard to be like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you have to worry yeah, about it. Exactly. But I think, you know, just to give some perspective, it's like, like living in the West, especially yeah. you, we find ways to really burn ourselves out. And that yeah. can be either through stress or whatever. Exactly. Um, and one, like, if we can give three tips. Oh, shit. There's always a call to action. Yeah. No, gratefulness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this will sound stupid, but just... As soon as you wake up, yeah. think of three things you are grateful for and your whole day will change. Mm -hmm. Like, it's everybody, because of social media, everybody's comparing like, mm -hmm. oh, he, he got this cool car or he got this cool house. Yeah, always, it doesn't matter because yeah, there is always some, if, yeah. you are at, if you are at them, uh, at, if you are at this level, mm -hmm. then there's always someone above you. Yeah. So and he's thinking about that person. Exactly. So you have person, to think yeah. about, okay, what do I want to do? Yeah. And um, how can I get it? So mm -hmm. if I want more free time, just go live cheaper and get uh, work three days or something. And the second one is that you are always 
someone else in uh, so you there's no not one gullet right you see me as a whole different person than I see myself sure. or yep. someone else so this concept is really it's like we just smoked like it, it sounds really weird but there's like millions of gullet in other people's perception right so why would you try to change for three or four people view of you mm-hmm. it doesn't matter just own your blackness beautiful african <laughs> wakanda forever <laughs> wakanda forever drink drink super malt and vibranium yeah yep. and wake up early guys all men are created <laughs> equal some work harder in pre-season Khalid says this to me every morning come on every no really when we get to the office he no. says this because he started waking up at six in the morning and doing like hit intensity training and I'm like yeah, I don't want to work out no it doesn't matter if you work at read a book to, like just, just put in the work before, before you work on someone else's dream yeah just take two hours of time to work on yours yeah what that could be this could be like drawing yeah, or yeah, yeah. that's me so, yeah just something okay and but what if i like to sleep and i can do those things in the evening um <laughs> trivial doesn't matter doesn't matter no so no tip, no, no don't no, no. do it in the evening <laughs> all right no no first tip gratefulness second tip was uh just be you be you just yeah and cl- the third one was you. uh Wake up early. Yeah. All right. All right. Equal. I think, to be honest, that's a good, uh, that's a good way to sign off. Um, <laughs> you actually gave me this advice. You said you need to have a call to action, man. You need to have something. Yeah, do it. Do it. So what do I need to say? What do I so need to say to people say, out there? So just say, if they are at this point, they enjoy the episode. Yeah. And there will be more funnier, uh, smarter people yeah. Yeah, coming in. Yeah. And just follow just follow this podcast and share it with your friends yeah um and give it five stars and all yeah. that good stuff yeah exactly and man, let's we're such influencers now yeah <laughs> i'm learning from you man exactly I'm but no exactly you have people have to share this and mm-hmm. yeah we need more role models just bring in all the successful immigrants Yep. And show the people how it's done. All right, baby. Yeah. Any any final remarks? Anything else for the people, or this is it? Um, I got a lot of. No, no, actually, yeah, actually, don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, okay. let's let's call it there. Thank you, Galid. Um, yes. I'm sure yeah, thanks for I'll having have you me. back, and we will talk more about. I think we should do a we should do an immigrant dating uh, dating tips. Yeah, but we should do that. I think we okay. should talk about like the perceptions of dating and like our parents. Um, what do yeah, you call it? This one like our parents' uh, expectations of who we should date. I think that could be quite fun. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. If you want to hear that, you've got to follow. Yeah, follow, right. follow, follow. So you're later, motherfucker. Yeah, and share. Okay, fine. Share it as well. Okay. Okay, thanks, Gula. Cool. Vili Guli. Vili Guli. Thanks, dude. So there's...